guys, welcome to another episode of the Qualified Preacher Podcast. My name is Inemu Dodjan, the host, and today I have a very, very, very special guest, a yes. long-awaited guest. <laughs> Hi, Jechi. Hello. Hi, Inemu. Yeah. <laughs> Find that, like, you guys don't know how long oh my we have been trying to make this happen, and it's finally happening, I'm so thankful. Welcome, Jechi. Okay, so today we're talking about everyone's favorite Sky Daddy. God. Oh my god. What? <laughs> Sky Daddy? Oh my god. Twitter Google God Sky Daddy. Are you serious? Yep. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're talking about God and we're talking about is he enough basically? That is the question of the day that we're hopefully going to answer with this conversation. So let's start with yeah, um, so the conversation of um, is God enough is actually quite interesting. And just before we started recording, Inem just brought a different angle to this. So, is this thing like um, there's this knowledge we have as Christians that God is our sufficiency, right? God is supposed to um, be the answer to all of our problems, right? But then there are moments when we go through stuff in life and it just seems like, God, I know you're enough, God. I'm, like to help myself out in this moment and there's just this question mark of mm-hmm. why do you even believe that truth yes, that God is like God in, in practical terms like like yeah as soon as you said like those of an instance like you're broke and you're begging God God just send me money and then nothing happens and you're like you know what while I'm waiting for God I might as well just while I see God is not answering me I'm just going to to borrow money from exactly. or what to do to make quick money to so yeah yeah that even reminds me of sometimes you know when people well in churches in some churches where people come out to testify they're like oh you know god did this for me but sometimes those testimonies they never say the background just of oh so someone who borrowed this for me someone who gave me or actually yeah. like, sorted out myself yeah, so, in a sense you know yeah. but you know it's just okay it's gone enough and then to what extent waiting on God, which is also something that is, is quite crazy. For instance, now someone who is, um, you know that different levels of this waiting. Mm-hmm. I think I have my own story of waiting, I'm very happy with story of waiting. Stories. Stories of waiting, mm-hmm. right? And I think even as, as human beings, we're always waiting for something. Like, there's always something we're desiring. There's always a next level we're desiring. And it's also that thing of, to what extent do we keep trusting God and not sorting things out for now? Right? Yeah. Scripture to that is um, so John 16 33 talks about God um, coming to overcome the world. So he says he has overcome the world, and then Romans talks about how we are more than conquerors, and we serve this God that is about 
the arrival, right, of the things that you get, but more so the process of it. So the sanctification is in the process, right? The change is in the process. The transformation is in the process. There are so many times in it, I can't even count how many times where I've just literally wanted to escape all of my troubles and just go to the other side and just abandon everything. But looking back at those moments, I've realized that I have actually learned a lot from me. A lot of Christians would, you know, they would probably want to talk about you know, what happens in the process of pain and disappointment. But I have grown a lot in those moments. I've become a different person. I've become more patient. I've become kinder. Even just knowing that someone else is going through the same thing that I've gone through, I'm more relatable in that sense. Because a lot of good that happens in pain and and seeing the hand of God in those moments and knowing that the truth is God has not promised us a life free of you know hurt and disappointment. He said that in this world we will have tribulations, we'll have a lot of trials, we'll go through a lot of things, right? But he says, hold still for I have overcome the world. You it's one thing that you mentioned that because like I think for a lot of Christians we are so this like this illusion that once you give your life to Christ, once you become a Christian and a proud Christian, that you know it's just it's saving from there to die, and that's so not true. And like that thing that they are common thing that you say, nothing grows in comfort. So yeah, as Christians, most of our spiritual growth happens during those tough moments where you start to doubt your your faith, start to think, do I really trust God? Is God really enough for me? Like. Those moments, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily, not that we should only have bad, not let me call them bad. We should only have stressful moments in our lives, you know. But nothing, nothing, uh, what's the word I'm trying to put? Really happens when life is good. When life is good, you're enjoying and everything is fine. I think the test of really of knowing whether of your faith, of your faith, or whether what you believe is. Exactly. really what you believe is when things aren't going your way, when life isn't the way that you're supposed to be because then oh, for some reason human beings, our memories are so terrible that's why it's good to have journals that's why it's good to have journals and yeah. to write things down in the good times mm-hmm. because during bad times, for whatever reason our memories are so fickle that we forget that last week yesterday, God did this God did that, when we are going through those rough times it can be unexpected I don't know if I should blame us too, because I know that the enemy really thrives in those moments. Right. That's when he comes and he's like, did God really say, right. no, but is God really, yeah. you know, the way he did in the body, yeah. um, the garden, he does that with us too, right. those rough moments. But those rough moments, if we can hold on to God and thrive and get through it, you realize, okay, this actually made me grow. I'm actually better for it because I went through those moments. And God is a enough, regardless of how I felt in those moments or what life throughout me to make me question that right. what you just said even just reminded me of the story of Habakkuk right and how you know the meaning of Habakkuk was talking about how God why are you letting us go through these things why are you letting Israel suffer and then you want to use this other other um, kingdom that is like literally worse than us to overcome us and God was you know talking to Habakkuk and then he said it seemed like Habakkuk came to an epiphany where he was like God I remember what you our fathers, I remember how you came through for our fathers, I remember all the good things you did in the past. So, what you said about even writing things down and bringing yourself to remembrance, you know, of all the battles and all the victories that God has, has brought you through, you 
very very deep and also i want to talk about um you know contentment and how that plays a role in in um, you know believing that god is enough you know the truth is even just looking around you there are so many reasons to be discontent right there's so many reasons to just just be frustrated with your life and like every like i just feel like the, the technology the social media everything is designed you just think it thoughts and your phone starts to give you ads <laughs> so of course it's a lot it's a lot more difficult to be content because there's always a better phone there's always a better boyfriend there's always a better friend at least someone that appears to be there's always something that appears to be better than what you have there's always greener greener pastures everywhere so i think recently i've been i've been binging on youtube about apartment tours i'm looking at apartment tours in New York and LA and Seattle. I'm like, why would you do that to yourself? Why did it to myself? But the truth is, you know, there's something about contentment that we almost overlook. It's almost like an undervalued, I don't know, virtue. Contentment in who you are and, and where you are in life. Because the truth is, I was t- telling um, um, him just before now that I read somewhere where it said, life is not too short. We are always in a hurry. We're always in a hurry to get to the next stage next thing you know even lagos traffic everyone is being hurried to just get ahead right so just taking time to you know take stock of what you have and remember that even when you are right now you pray for it right so it's us to enjoy what we actually have right now by looking for the next thing you know the next season we're trying to go past them i mean we're both single girls right you know, we're both single right yes <laughs> just check it last night checked yes <laughs>
grateful and content I get because he took his time to make me the way he made me and just to be clear there is who God made us and there is who we are because of the circumstances and our upbringing so I'm not saying the me that I have become because that's not always the person that God made yeah. but like when you start to work with God and he starts to show you this is why I made you this is why I gave you this this is why your mouth is like this this is why you, you think it's that because people you, we have we all have grades, but we all think differently. We all yeah. see things differently. Like and there's a beauty in that. That's the, that's yeah. exactly there's a beauty in every single thing. Yeah. But sometimes we have this crab mentality of trying to no, no, crab is not the word of constantly looking at other people and saying, okay, this person has this, this person has that. It's why these days everybody looks the same. Exactly. It's not as as rampant in Lagos, but if you look abroad, right, everybody has the same. This, like everybody has the same body yeah. everybody's going to see the same surgeon because everybody wants to have the same look <laughs> and or even let's even go beyond the physical let's look at christian content creators for instance who are popular in christian space online people are doing their own things and it can be maybe someone says okay this is how i talk to god or no this is what works for me there can be this thing Oh, no, but I'm not even putting on them. I'm putting oh, them. Right, okay. We can put the pressure on us to be like, okay, because my favorite pastor said, you know, right. or because no, no, it said because they think this way, because they interact with God this way, and the way I interact with God is different. Then maybe there's something wrong with. But there is contentment. There is beauty in saying, okay, Uche might talk, Uche might talk to God, and he talks to her through dreams, and to me talks to me through a certain there's contentment in that not that you can't i want to be careful what i'm saying because not that, that you can't God hold, yeah, not that you can't uh, want more but there's also a beauty in being content with what you have with the person that god has made you the person that god is making you the things that he has blessed you with because as he said a lot of times you are living answer prayers yeah. but because don't take the time to take stock and realize okay this thing that's what that's going back to journals because yeah. there's something about writing something down i remember the other day i stumbled on an old journal or it wasn't a journal it was my notes part of my phone mm-hmm. and i was going there I, was, I had written some things that i wanted god to do for me before i went somewhere and i had forgotten about it and i just happened to come across and i was like he did this wow. he did this he did this but if you don't remember, if you don't write it down, you forget that God, you're actually living answered prayers. Exactly. Instead, you're like, no, but God this, but God that. It's just like talking about being single, right? So you are single, you pray, God bless me with a boyfriend, or bless me with a girlfriend. God blesses you with God. <laughs> no, let's start from stages. God blesses you with someone. Next thing, God, I want to get married. The marriage happens. Next thing, God, I want a child. The child happens. Next thing, God, I want another child. Another child happens. Next thing, God, I want money to take my child out of their children and my family out of the country. It's just always something. And like, if we can just sit down and just be content, it really, it really changes everything. That's such a game changer. And not making our blessings turn to our our curses, right? And and just what you said about about um, joy and contentment. There's also that thing of you know making Christ your safety. Because, like you said, contentment is not something we can do on our own. It's actually a gift from God, if you ask me. It's a gift from God that, you know, you know what, you're where you are and you're good. Because 
that God is with you where you are and even where you want to be tomorrow, God is still going to meet you there. But also this thing of making God our safety, right? So moments when we feel doubt and when we feel low and when we feel overwhelmed, let God be your safety. Let God be who you run to, you know, because there's that tendency, and this is something that I've actually experienced personally, where I've been like, yeah, it would just be nice to talk to someone that can actually see and someone that can actually talk back to me. But I've just had this conscious decision where I, I consciously just pray to God first, cry to God first, run to God first. And even in that seemingly insignificant act, you know, when I get to now talk to someone, it's no longer I'm talking to you out of panic and out of whatever you say to me is law. But there's a, a discernment that comes, there's a, there's a refinement that comes. Way I approach things, and let's not take away from the fact that God can still even speak to you in those moments and come to you in a dream and even speak to you and give impression to your heart. There's that too, but just always putting God at the forefront of our safety net, right? Let God be the first person we go to, let His word be the first thing we consult, right? And let people of God in our community as well, people that we know that and we trust that can give us good and godly counsels, friends that we know that you know, they have our best interest in heart. Those kinds of people, having circles around us is also very, very good in dealing with this issue of disorder. You know, that's so, that's so important as that. That's so, that's spiritual maturity, right? Because it's not easy, you know, when something happens, a lot of times our first instinct is, let me talk to my friends, let me talk to my partner, let me talk to my mother, they'll know what to say, they'll know what to do. Or it's never sometimes that for, for, for a prescription, it's just to offload and the the thing about that is that person can quick or those people can quickly become idols because now they are taking God's place because God should be the first person we turn to prayer should be the first (laughs) should be the first thing not the last thing not the and after thoughts you know and as we were talking I was I remember I was watching something on YouTube and Christine King that I'm really into she was like saying but her when she's going through something, she has to make a conscious effort not to go to her phone. Mm. Because oftentimes, especially now that we are in this yeah. phone generation, like the instincts can be to take your phone and tweet, yeah. take your phone and send a message to someone, DM yeah. someone, just to just so it can be it's really important to so when something happens. I, I have I have I wish I could say that have I do that every single time. Mm. I'm still still working on it. Yeah. yeah, but like it's so because it really does, it really does show that God is first in our lives. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, it's not, it's not enough to say God is my all and all. God is enough. But then, when the moment actually comes for you to prove it, you do something else. Yeah. But if, if we say God is actually enough, God is all, everything for us. God is all the things: Abba, Father, best friend. As yeah, some people say, uh, yeah, everything as some people say, Shekou Yapina, this is the Holy Spirit. Or if we, if we say that all this, that God is all these things to us, and then something happens and we don't go to Him first, then it's not true. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And just like you said, trials really reveal where our faith lies, you know. And this is something that I have um, practically experienced yeah. when I've just been face to face with trials and challenges I'm just like you that you can you that you can give you someone so much encouragement and I don't know like can I even encourage myself in this moment 
can I even regurgitate the God, God's word in this moment? Face to face in my room alone, and I'm just crying and wailing. I just wanted to just escape all the all the problems I'm going through. And then a still small voice just comes back to me and is like, God has got you. I am here and you know I am true and I am real, you know. So moments like that and also let God's word be our favorite. Let's not just. If you want to talk to me, talk to me. Don't want to be Oh my God! Yeah, like let us not just read God's word. You know this thing we do when we are going through anxious times, scriptures for anxiety, which is good though. It's actually really good. But can we even just love God's word just for the sake of it, right? Just imagine if you had a friend that knew you always came to me just when you needed it. You know, let's have a good relationship with the word of God. Let it actually be our bread and butter. You know, I'm not just reading it because you want something help. from it. You know, I'm trying to come out of a fix. But and that is how I, I think that is how the word of God becomes a part of us. Because even I mean common palate, if you do something over and over again, it becomes a habit, it becomes part of you, you know. And I just I didn't introduce Uchechi well. She's a lawyer by the way. So. <laughs> Good. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. Yes. She's also a businesswoman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, just letting God's word be a, a part and parcel of work. It's something that I'm trying to consciously do every morning and just enjoying it. And the truth is you don't have to do it in a traditional way. Think of ways that you can actually make God's word enjoyable. You can start a small Bible study group, you know, and let everyone take turns bringing out themes on, on what you should read on, you know, catch up over coffee, just make something, make it exciting, exciting because as Christians, this is actually our fruit. This is this is where we draw strength from. This is where we place our faith on. We cannot be saying you have faith and then you're running on empty, you know, and then when those trials come, you immediately want to start doing what does God say about anxiety. Let this thing be, you know, second nature that you can just say, okay, you know what? God, he said you should not worry, you should not fret, you can take care of, take care of the sparrow, you can take care of there's, there's actually something about facing difficult times mm. and having the right Bible verse, the right word that applies to it, and not waiting for someone to speak it over you. Not waiting for someone to speak it over you, but you can speak it over yourself. Right. Like, there's something powerful about that. Like I, I think it speaks to first understanding and really accepting that God has you. Yeah. You are good. You are mm-hmm. good. You are covered. And spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Because like it can't be not that there's anything wrong with having people that you can go to and they can, you know, pray for you, pray with you. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But the reality is that sometimes before you get to that point, let's say you call your friend or maybe they can't pick and be accessible. No, I'm just to say they can't pick or some, something they are yeah. going through their whatever it is. There's something about it's like okay, it's me and me mm-hmm. in this situation. Do I have the words? Right, right. And there's this thing about spiritual warfare. You know, when we talk about warfare, we think about you know some prayer revival ministry or die, 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 die. But this is actually spiritual warfare. You know, just like waging war against against the enemy, mind. yeah, war against your mind. And when you are depressed or anxious or having a panic attack all these things like it doesn't have to be dramatic like which appear to you exactly. and then you start that spiritual offering no. yeah. even this 
the simple things. So it's just like your mind is just the zillion things that are going on in your head and you can't get it to calm down. Then you have to you exactly. know, remember the word and remember to speak it over yourself. It's so funny. I, a friend of mine came to visit quite recently and she was she was talking about something and immediately she looked to her phone and she saw that I think she had made a transaction and then we were now charging her more or something and she had to spend a lot more money than she bargained for. And immediately she just said, This is this is the enemy. This is this is the enemy. And it was funny to me. I was like, which one is this is the enemy? Which one is this is the devil? But when she left, right? I come back at it again because the truth is she actually identified that this thing is not just physical because we're not supposed to spend our money on negativity, right? We're not supposed to spend our money on frivolity. God has given us, you know, all of this abundance, not to spend it on maybe a sick, um, a um, sick someone who is sick, or we're supposed to live an abundant life. So I love the fact that she really identified that she was like, no, this is the enemy. I'm not going to entertain this and just take it as normal. No. She just attacked it there and then, and I really love, I really love that. I love to emulate that, just to attack things head on, and not to let it simmer. Then when it gets critical, I now start saying, "Hey God, spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare starts there and then. Once that thought comes to your mind, you just attack it, you know, with the vigor and strength of God." Yeah. Um, but going back to this, God, you know, like I, I was telling you before we started recording, sometimes when people say that. Like okay, yes, God is enough. They 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 tend to do this thing where like okay, if God is truly enough, then there's no need for things like therapy. There's no need to have to go to the hospital. There's no need to take drugs. There's no need to eat food. Mm. Not to be extreme, but like, and I always I don't know what I was thinking about or if I was having a conversation about it. Sometimes we want to do God more than God. Like we want to describe or we think we know what the office of God is more than yeah we think they know we know the office of God more than God so it's like okay God is in this God is not in this and I'm just like God is the creator he created the creator so to think that we would demonize therapy for instance why and to think that by like by going for therapy, you are saying that God is not in us. Mm-hmm. That is so wrong. That is so flawed because nah, yeah, nah, that's like saying that God didn't create that thing. Yeah, and exactly. God created that thing. So I love, I love the way you know Jesus Christ came to this earth and sort of. So okay, so if you look at all the the ways that Christ healed people and like Christ encountered people, it just shows goes to show expressions of Christ and how Christ cannot be limited to one thing. Take for instance how he healed the blind man and he you know he went with the mud, his on the mud and then he, he touched his eye. He could have easily said you are healed like oh he didn't even need to go close to him. He's not exactly. God. He could, have done, he could have done that. So I love all those you know moments where Christ just did those certain things you know touch them or you know, even just spoke to them and told them you know, and even with Paul, I remember there's a point where Paul was asked to go to when he encountered God and then he was blind and he was asked to go to another person's house. You know, because this person was full of um, wisdom and could guide him properly. You know, so many different things. But what I would always say is let God be your first point of call. Don't 
don't engage out of panic or out of fear. The truth is, God can very clearly direct you to things or clearly an impression in your heart and say, oh, okay, you need to speak to this person because this person has wise counsel or this is where you should go or this is things like that. That's that's what I would always say. Let God be your first point of call where you know that, okay, I'm going to the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just come on, come on. Because that's another level of, you know, <laughs> But I totally agree that God can use any and everything to work things out for us. God can even speak to people to come on daily. People have to remember us or to, you know, move. Again, we're not built in isolation. We're not, if we're built in isolation, then we don't need family. We don't need to interact. We, need, we need one another. There's healing in community. Yeah. God in himself as a community. Thank you. I mean, the perfect example. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I believe there is God in everything, in every, in every, you know, created being. There is God, and we are all different expressions of God in that way. Yeah. So, so back to it, yeah. God is enough, absolutely. But it doesn't mean that certain things are not part of God. <laughs> exactly. God is know. enough, and God is not limited. Yeah. Not limited. I feel like as as human beings, we just we like to overdo. Yeah. We just like to be like this is God and God is not in this and God is in this and I'm just like ah yeah. I don't know what the expression of God you know but no definitely not um I think it's something that I don't know old age by the way I just turned 30 so now I'm old what <laughs> <laughs> what the now you start living right <laughs> right oh god I don't remember yeah well, God is enough have you run out of things to say? God's enoughness, that's my word, but you get what I'm saying, I'm putting it on me, I'm 
and my ability to take God and accept Him as a man. Yeah, because there have been times where I just I needed, I just wanted to forget. I wanted to not be in my head. I wanted to not remember. And obviously, the first thing to do with those kind of things is with emotions and everything in life. God first, as I said, to talk to him and be like, guys, see what's happening, see what's I'm going through. But sometimes with things like that, it's not necessarily that you want someone to say, do this, do that. Sometimes it's just we want to just share. And there, there can be, there's something free about just sharing. And it makes you feel lighter. Um, so yes, there are times where I would do that, something will happen and I would do that. And then there are other times where I would not do that. I would not talk to God. And I would feel God being around me like because God is always around us. God is always there. We are the ones we are the ones that move away from him. He's always we we can't even come to him without him. He has to be there all the time for us to be able to approach him whenever. But there have been times where I didn't accept that God was around. I didn't even want to just I didn't want to entertain anything about God and I would maybe turn to Netflix turn to a book or turn to something else to just numb the pain or distract me and so but over time as we as I, as I said earlier or as we both said earlier about trial what the teachers is they show us the areas that we are good at or the areas that we lack and we need to work on and over time I've figured out about myself and it's taught me that God is enough and I need to still do the work of realizing he is enough all the time. Not just in the good time, not just every once in a while, not just any of those things that God is enough all the time. Well, you know, I think that's just so profound again because while you were speaking, what came to my mind was that we don't serve a God who actually expects us to get it right all the time. Like there's no poster child for grieving, like oh, this is the perfect way to and I remember um, watching Chosen. I'm sure you watched Chosen, yeah? No, I'm laughing because I remember something. But okay. okay. I'm sure you watched Chosen, right? Have you seen the second one? I feel like I'm the only Christian oh, that hasn't watched it. Anyway, massive spoiler, guys. I'm <laughs> sorry, I have to do this. Anyway, you might not even understand until you watch it. So there's this point where um, Mary Magdalene, you know, she had fallen back into things, right? And then she was so scared that God would condemn her, Christ would condemn her, and, you know, don't want anything to do with her. And then she came back and he just spoke to her and he said, You know what? Paraphrase it, sorry, paraphrase, because I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said something along the lines of, I, I, didn't, I didn't think, like, the expectation is that it's not that you be perfect all the time, but that you always come back to you, that you always know that here is home and you can always bring it back to And I don't know, for me, that was so, that was such a relief. That was such a relief, knowing the kind of savior we have, right? And I think for me, it, it's not, I, I can't really think of one particular thing, right? Like, for instance, I mean, you even had a father. I never even knew my father, right? My father died in me before I was born. So that, that burden and that struggle of identity has come in throughout. I told you that my stepmother is two years old. It was along those lines of identity. I'm just trying to fit in and try to belong. You know? And 
areas at work, in relationships, are just always feeling like less than completely set, you know. Just having all of that and coming into Christianity and being told that God is enough, I'm just like, was it necessary that I had to go to a father and, you know, my mom had to literally just carry this burden? And having all of those moments, but God still assuring me in every little way, big ways, little ways, small ways, in silences, in tears, in emotional moments and spiritual moments, all sorts of things and encounters and even people and conversations even like this. Just giving me a little pointers to the fact that he is here. You know. I might not fully believe that he is enough to take away the hurt and the guilt, but I know that he is here and that for me is enough. Just knowing that there's someone that is, there's a being that is working beside me through life, and I'm, I am not alone. I always say my favorite scriptures are the scriptures that talk about us not being alone, you know, being never given us up, but forsaking us. You know, I think those have been my moments, and I think throughout life, it's only human to have those moments of God, are you really enough? You know, it's only human. And the truth is, I do not think that God expects us to get it right 100% of the time. You know, as soon as you, sorry to put in, as soon as you talked about Mary Martin, two things came to mind. First thing was, funny enough, I don't know if it's this week, I think it was earlier this week, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but earlier this week, where I was literally having a conversation with God, and it was about perfection, or perfectionism, and it was like, Exactly what you said. There sometimes, a lot of times, we as believers, we put so much pressure on ourselves. ourselves. And me specifically, being the first, I feel like as the first child, I just, I just feel being raised to feel like I always have to be, Mm. you know, top notch, everything, and I carry that. Consciously or unconsciously into Christianity, where like I should have been done with this particular thing, or this particular scene, this particular season, whatever it is, by now, I should know better than this. And there is room for that, you know, because obviously we are supposed to grow, we're not supposed to stay stagnant. Yeah. But, oh Lord, it was, oh God, it am high. Because it was just like, <laughs> Just in, in but the conversation was it literally went like in and just rest. Rest. Take take that thing off yourself that you have, you have to get it right all the time. Because we grow from mistakes, we grow by failing. You know, we you can't you can't get it get it right all the time. And when you fail sometimes you learn from it. It's not that we should all be failing. But when you feel sometimes you learn from me, like, okay, I did this and this happened, okay, obviously I'm not doing that, I'm going to try something else next time. And I I realized, I actually forgot that this happened as you thought about it, because as you were just talking, it was like, this thing just came into my head again. I realized that I had just been feeling like I had to get things right immediately. I had to stop doing certain things. I had to, and all of that, it was just like, oh, I feel you on that one. Chew. on that one. Calm down. And you know, like, you know how easily that can really switch to a work-based 
performance. Performance. Oh my god, it's very right? nice. It's so easy because I won't even lie to you. There are moments where I'm just cruising. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm this. I'm serving. I'm just. I'm giving the right amount. I'm just doing this. I'm having the right scripture. I'm waking up every day. I'm reading my Bible. So I'm just. I'm on a high. And then maybe you just have that hot. Maybe you just fall into some temptation or you just do something that you're not supposed to do or you just failed in some capacity or the other and I just crumble and I'm just this lost person that is like, oh God, God, God. But the truth is, I don't even lie to you in them. This is something that I have experienced personally. In those moments, right, even the moments where I am currently failing, God then I feel God telling me that even here you are loved even here I am for you even here I am I'm still calling you and I do not love you more or when less. you are perfect or so-called perfect than I love you now and that's the beauty about the Holy Spirit that his conviction doesn't bring condemnation it doesn't bring shame and guilt it doesn't bring like look at you you are filled Lord this 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 that. that's the voice of the enemy now, he's not telling you you are loved because you enjoy what you're doing, keep doing it, or like whatever it is. Grace is licensed. Exactly. But he's telling you that I have called you to a higher standard. I know you see yourself as this. This also brings us back to when you were talking about how we should know how, who we are in Christ. And when you know who you are in Christ, that sort of gives you a better identity of yourself. Who, you know, even knowing who God is, is a better identity of yourself. So, in that way, like, telling you I've called you to a higher you know, but even this moment of weakness, I'm not mad at you. I'm not, I'm not about to whoop you. I think that's another thing that I've, I've also tried. I'm struggling to to um, unlearn yeah. that God is not waiting for me to fail. I say, hey, you are failed. Oh yeah, back to square one. Because I think a lot of times we put our human thoughts and experiences exactly. on God. Because as human beings, some of us grew up in toxic homes mm-hmm. or had toxic leaders mm-hmm. toxic team leads at the office that they were just waiting for you to fail and as soon as you feel like hey you know and so sometimes you put that on god like god that's who god yeah. is that god just waiting for us to fail but it's so not true because he's there even when we feel that yeah. sometimes when we when we have that mentality of god what happens is it's a lot more difficult for us to come back yeah, and going with the second thing that had popped up in my head when you talked about the chosen thing was I have three younger sisters, mm-hmm. and my kid sister, the youngest one, something happened a while ago, and or even not even a while ago, recently, and we're having a conversation, and she was just telling me things, and I just felt like this is how God must feel when we come to Him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that what she was telling me was necessarily amazing or whatever, but the fact that she trusted me. But more importantly, she knew that she could come and talk to me. I imagine that that's how God feels when, when we are with him. Because yeah. it's like, there's something about having, either as a parent, as an elder one, or whoever, having been a safe place for someone. Absolutely. Yes, they've messed up, they can come and talk to you. That's how God wants us to see him, as a safe place, where it's not like, I can only come and grab when I do right, the right things. Even when you mess up, you can come to me and be like, God, I've messed up. Yeah. That thing that I said, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not doing it again. I did it again. Just that fact of. Yeah. He, he, 
nothing can separate you from his love yes yes yes, yes. god is always i don't know how this became i know waterfall have we yet i don't think so but no i think it, it really ties in because there's there's such a, a performance based and what's another thing you were talking about christian content because you just see people being so amazing and you know
you know, would they still accept me? Would they still want me? Would they still love me? But if we are truly living for an audience of one, yeah. and you know that God has forgiven you, yeah. you know that what has happened, what you have done, because there's a difference between what has happened to you and what you have done. Mm. You know that that hasn't changed how God sees you. Yeah. He still sees you the same way. He still calls you love. He still calls yeah. you forgiven. He still calls you redeemed. Then it's a lot easier to be able to say, no, I'm going to share my story. I, because I know that sharing my story is not going to change how the only person that matters is me. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. And, and that's the truth of the gospel, really. That there is the truth of the gospel. If I have somewhere that, um, okay, so there's this author that said, you should stop, you know, all these women conventions, you should stop saying, it's not that we should stop saying, but this, this sermon of, you are beautiful, you are perfect, you are great, you are this, is actually doing more harm than why yeah, did you say that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what she meant was that. Who oh, is it she? Yeah. What she meant was that a lot of times, um, in 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 the bid to make people feel good about themselves and to you know sort of patch up things, we, we unconsciously or indirectly highlight a person instead of God. Mm. That's why I like what you said earlier, Ibrahim, about knowing who God is gives you a better knowledge of who you are before gives you a better knowledge of your identity. It's not knowing who you are. It's like this millennial gospel of God, who am I? Like I don't care about you, but just tell me who I am, who I am, right? So I'm this, I'm really can do this. But who is God? Because we find our competition in him, we find our our identity in him, we find our source in him, you know. It's not it's really not about us. Why did not come to die because we were beautiful? and we're great and we're successful we were dead in sin and we needed to live let's be alive you know we need to be, i don't know why i thought about this what, what were we saying i don't remember i was why i tried to remember i was thinking of something i was thinking about parenting right parents and their children yeah. and they say don't do as i do, do as i say mm. the child becomes who the child is going to be by looking at the parents and what the parent does what sometimes us Christians do is God tell me who I am. But it is by spending time with God, by getting to know God, that exactly. we know who we are supposed to exactly. be. When I see and know and accept that God is love, then I can love. Exactly. Then I can believe that I am loved. When I see and accept that yes. God forgives, yes. then, then I will forgive. It's, exactly. it's just how it works. So true. God is that we then gain our own identity. Yeah, that's 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 what because like, I always say relationships are like mirrors. Mm. But if uh, but a relationship because it's the biggest mirror you ever it's like standing mm. in front of the biggest mirror in the world. There's no place to hide. Mm. When you are in a relationship with a human being, whether it's romantic or otherwise, you you see yourself through the, the other person's lenses. That person sees like you might think I am all that, but then you get to the relationship, your person is like Actually, they are selfish. He said, Jinx. Actually, sometimes you are malicious. Actually, but with God, we start to see, okay. I, I, I put this up on my Instagram page one time, and I think it was the previous episode where I talked about how I used to, I used to take pride in being stubborn. It was something that I carried on my head. In fact, the more you told me I was stubborn, the more I wanted to be stubborn. And one day, the first was like, Who told me? And then the way the way it works, we start to construct things and I realize, okay, this thing is a defense mechanism. This thing is something that I've taught myself to be so that I can be 
be stronger so that I can deflect certain things. When we start to work with God, truly work with God, truly let Him be God in our lives and truly submit to Him and surrender, He starts to show you the things that you carry that were not yours to begin with. Oh, girl. Because so many of us are working with God. I don't know how this became. Girl, that is so many so of us true. are working with so much baggage mm-hmm. from our parents, from our grandparents, from our colleagues, from our, from our bosses, from hurt, just from church. Mm-hmm. Talking about hurt, from plenty of places, we're just carrying it. And then we come in front of God, we are, we are, we are standing with, I don't know if I saw that picture, I don't know of, of Atlas, I think, I don't know that's his name, but he, there was this guy that used to carry like the world of this. We are literally like that, but we walk on us. And God, you come and like, I didn't give you this one. Let go of this one. I didn't give you this one. Move it. I didn't give you this one. Let go of it. And then as you start to grow with him, you start to realize, okay, I don't have to be stubborn. God did not make me to be stubborn. I don't have to be stubborn. Or you start to think, okay, so ah, <laughs> I was having this thought the other day on Sunday, and I was thinking so many people are walking around thinking that they are undeserving of love. And they package it because the human mind is so amazing. God, God, one of the most amazing things God created is the human mind. Because the way we can use it to rationalize nonsense. Ah, I have never seen. <laughs> So someone will be like, I'm unlovable, but instead of, instead of, I'm undeserving of love, but instead of packaging like that, which is the truth, what they say is, I actually don't want to hurt you. It's, it's not, it's not, not you, it's, it's not you, it's me. Or it's, it's not me, it's you. I, I'm trying to protect you. But when you really look at it, they, what, 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 the truth is that they don't think that they are worthy of love. So they try to push it away. They settle for small bubbles of intimacy or small bubbles, just enough for them to be okay, then go. Because if you stay around me too much, I'll hurt you. But the reality is that they believe that they are not worthy of love. When we, now, when we come and stay with God, oh, God is just like, I'm peeling off the layers. Actually, I know, yes, your mother said this. Yes, your father said this. Yes, maybe you didn't grow up with a certain parents or whatever it is. But, I love you. I made you to be capable of love. I made you to be able to receive and contain love. And I made you to be able to express love. And then you're like, what have I been all these years? You start to realize the, the person that you have been, oh my god, I don't know how this boy here. <laughs> you start to realize that the person that you have been all these years is not who you are. And then you start unlearning and you start becoming yourself and it can be such a beautiful experience but it's also really painful because it's literally i was watching the blacklist today and someone got burnt and he was talking about how whenever the the, the nurse comes in she has to remove the dead skin and it's so painful but that's the only way his skin can get healed and that is what it is like with god because so many of us are carrying dead things in us. And when, just imagine you have been wearing a particular outfit for a while and God is like, no, it changes. You're like, no, I'm so, I know this. And, and that even just reminds me of, of the same problem, right? Because a lot of times, what, what comes out is like a symptom. And we, we, always we have all these remedies for how to solve anger, how to remedy anger. But the truth is, there's, 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 there's a, a root. That is the same problem, and the only cure to the same problem mm. is Christ, is God. God is the only one that can truly, truly eradicate that same problem. Because sometimes I'm not able to, um, again, 
back to this whole, you know, talk about therapy and all of these things. That's why I said, let's go be your best friend. Because the truth is, even that therapy, it's not saying when you go to it, then that will be the end of your. Um, sometimes it is really, but there's a root, there's a deeper root of why the human mind and human beings were so skewed in our ways of thinking, in our in our ideas. You talk about the Atlas and the Christ many ways. That is actually inevitable, you know. When you were born, you are told who you are, right? You are told, okay, your name is Inez. Okay, this is the school you go to. Okay, this is the... This is what we do in this You are in video, right? You are black, you are this. And even when you leave this environment, you go to another environment, you take on another uh, persona. persona, all of a sudden your skin means something. But in Nigeria, you are just at the video girl, you are just screaming around the streets of Vegas, right? Yeah. But all of a sudden in America, you are a black person and you are supposed to angry at the white man there's all of these ideologies in the world that we take on and then that forms our character and we are made to believe that this is who you are as a person you are angry and you are rude that was something that i, I was told for time and time again i was so rude i'm like no i'm not rude i'm assertive i know who i am and i'm confident black woman i'm in the camera and then the the holy spirit now started taking me through this process of you're good because you feel as though you only have you to fight with. So mm. like, I feel like I have to fight for myself because I don't have anybody mm. that's going to defend me. So I always have to like come like scratching and before you even give me one, I'm giving you five. You know, but, but you don't have to do that. You know, that's not who you are. That's not who I created it to be. That's just a coping defensive mechanism mm. that your mind has thought of because of the things that you have gone through in life. You know, being an only child, not having other people to you know like, defend you. Men, you just yeah. felt like okay, I have to always take care of myself. You know, I have to always look out for myself. I don't have anybody to you know. So all of these things slowly, slowly, you know, just start feeling. And to be honest, I've had therapy sessions with Holy Spirit. I would love a physical the, therapy. The therapy. I've had therapy. Yeah, I'm actually wheeled on my bed, and I'm just being like, God, help me because I see who I am. And I don't like that person. That person is not necessarily who I want to. That's not who you, you want me to be. Because I see who I can be in you. But I see myself in this space, but I don't want to be that person. You know, I don't want to be just like, okay, so this is why you want to say, this is why you want to say, this is why you want to say. And everything just unravels. Even this identity thing that, you know, because I live with my father, it actually came not quite too long ago. Like, when he taught me about this, you know, that just always seeking out you know okay Ian is cool since we come okay I'm going to take other persona let's try and be cool because what to get me friends and stuff like that all of a sudden I just no I don't want to be anybody but who God has called me to be and God is just walking me through that person. and that's not it that's not also losing your personality no it actually enhances your beautiful personality in Christ you just start not seeking validation world you know that sense of oh have to be accepted to to be loved you know but you, you come from a place of love and validation already in christ i mean christ is the ultimate validation if god validates you in him who else <laughs> you know I, I like that you mentioned the thing the part about um not losing your personality because i think that sometimes people think if i give my life to christ if i start doing this christian thing mm. then i have to Get long down, or I have to talk a certain way, blah blah blah, blah. and the truth is, 
yes, there will be a change. But you have to first understand that who you are might not be who you are supposed to be. And so, yes, you, you, that's the only version of yourself you know. It doesn't mean it's the best version of yourself. It doesn't mean that there isn't a better version of you. And let's just say, okay, for instance, so studies have shown, research has shown that oftentimes when people are sexually abused at a young age or even raped at whatever age, that sometimes people become hypersexualized or oversexualized. So they can go from not caring about how they look or whatever to now start wearing skin things and whatever. If that was you and you now think this is my personality, is to talk a certain kind of way, flirt with people of the opposite sex, even with the same sex. And then you come to God and God is like, actually, this is the same, this is as a result of what happened to you. This is not actually you. So just bear in mind that yes, while there is that, that I just want to speak to that thing of people think, okay, if I actually start to do life with God, then there will be change, then I will lose myself. But you are only going to gain yourself. Because if you the best if that if you were all that, then there will be no need for God. But the reality is that there is a need for God because we are not all that. We can't be all that without God. Like even the best version of yourself is still trash compared to I don't know how we got to this mini therapy session. I, mean, <laughs> I, I love that we got here, honestly, because I mean, we started from this body, and yeah. just seeing that God's idea was is bigger and far more intricate and amazing than what we could, we could come up for ourselves, right? Because we always have the truth is that we have dreams for ourselves, right? And it's because usually it's because of those dreams that we have for ourselves that are like, God, you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. God, how far, how far? Because it's like, you're thinking, oh, I just want to give you a nice cream in Lagos Island. I want you to have this night. Because it's like, I have far more expansive dream for you. you. I have a lot of things that I want you to do. You can live outside of yourself and reach a million people, you know, that are just having this nice cream. I mean, it, it can vary with very different examples but yeah i'm just saying that god's idea for us is far more amazing than what it's richer than what we could ever come up with because like even using this episode this podcast episode as an example we started with is god enough that was all we're supposed to talk about and now look what we have gotten to and i don't know about the person the people listening but for me definitely I have changed as I as I'm talking and I'm as I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to change some more. And just because and that's because first of all we are two people that have the Holy Spirit in us. But we prayed about this before we started for the Holy Spirit to guide us and for the Holy Spirit to lead us. And when we surrender to him, he comes and he's like, Oh, you want a piece of cake? Why don't I give you the whole cake? <laughs> like because no matter how amazing the human mind is it is limited right. and we are dealing with a limitless world in fact right. like there is someone asked me a question the other day and i was just like there's no way to answer this question because no matter how whatever i think i cannot think more than god i cannot think god i'm only going to put human understanding on a limitless not human being and that makes no sense so <sighs> i don't that just I'm not giving your life to Christ, please. Because <laughs> that's like that's the next step. And even if you're giving your life to Christ, because I feel like that's the whole other. Um, maybe that will be the next um, topic. 
because even when you give your life to Christ, people I think that people think that when you give your life to Christ, that's the end. You let me just make care of you, that's the end. But that's not true. Like it's like everything that we have seen is what happens when you give your life to Christ. You start to see yourself through God's eyes. You start to see even the best love that I had, I've ever had in this life, is still nothing compared to God's love. Like, I'm fortunate to have amazing sisters, an amazing mother, amazing people in my life that really love me. But every single thing pales in comparison to God's love. Exactly. Every single Absolutely. time. And, and, and yeah. No, go, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, you know, um, I think what's basically key, you know, is that lifestyle affair. I remember who was just talking about how, you know, God did not just come to me because good people and decent people and, you know, kind he actually came to give us life because just like you said, man at the best of him is still man. We are, we are so flawed in our ways and our thinking and sometimes you think you're actually doing good or you're actually doing harm because like you said, the human mind is so limited. The truth is, we don't even know what will happen in the next second. We do not have an idea what can take place in the next second. And not, this is not just a thing of fear or anything, but just Placing your heart and your life into the hands of a loving father who loves you more than you can ever love yourself. I don't even think of it like when it comes to like the cult, other cult thing. I don't know. I can't last time I heard someone say that, but I don't know why it came to my mind. But just that thing, like, I, I believe. People, we shouldn't be as Christians when you're waiting to be able to give your life to Christ so you go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's great. But it's way more than it's that. limiting because it's how I would package it if you know as a writer, as a marketing <laughs> person, as it is, or as a communication person, is imagine the best love ever. Mm-hmm. And there's something better. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's some some people do the other call thing and they give their lives to Christ, but there's they're still hollow, they're still empty. And that's another thing, though. Like that whole okay, give your life to Christ. You said the the, the word sinner's prayer. There is a walk. There's a sweet sweet walk of sweet faith. <laughs> I know, but trust me, the end is victory. Yes, the end yes. is good. In fact, we already know the end. Like, there's such an amazing journey that God wants to take you on. There's, a, I don't know why we ended up here, but I love that we ended up here. You know, like, there's so much God wants to do through you, and because it is God, you can trust that it's a good ending, right? It's going to be highs and lows. Trust me. Like, there's this, there's this um, creator on TikTok. I don't know if you know her. She's really funny. Is it Ariel something? Yes, Patrick something. She's always doing. Um, um, we talk yeah. well with angels yeah, and, yeah. and I can't relate more. Like she's just so awkward sometimes with her, with her stuff. With, work with God is crazy. Sometimes it can be, you know, in, in a moment where it's like, hey, what's happening? What's happening? But just knowing that there's this God with you. God is always with you in the midst of every single thing. It's not gonna be. I'm not. We're not promising you a smooth life. No, we're promising you that. A walk with God is transforming and it's the best life ever that you could ever get. And I think 
that if we are honest with ourselves, people would be like, oh yes, I want money, yes, I want this, yes, I want all the things. But a lot of times, what we really want is not that we're annoying. It's not that someone sees us, it's not that someone cares for us. And God is the only person that fully knows you yes. and loves you. Yes. Like He knows you from the head, from your head to your toe, inside. He knows what you did yesterday. He knows what you do. The great thing is, you know what you do tomorrow. Because sometimes we come to God and we're like, Ah, God, I'm sorry, we never do it. I'm gone, never. And I just imagine that He's just saying that. Because it's like, Tomorrow, right. you go outside and instead of you speed that person, you end up causing them on the road because they hit your car. Mm-hmm. But I still love you. Mm-hmm. And there is so, so much, so much comfort and so much. I wouldn't trade it for anything I because imagine know. if you've ever been in a relationship with had a best female friend or had a best friend or had a whoever, whether it was your mom or just someone that you, that you could tell your secrets to and they didn't care, they would still love you. Some people have that way, they have like they have a best friend or a group of best friends, or even their partner is their best friend. Like, even like come and tell this person, I killed someone. killed someone, they will still love me. They live like that too. <laughs> and it's like God is that times one million. Yeah. It's like I see you. I, I'm not because sometimes even the human beings, we can have an idealized version of them. You know, with our parents, we can think that they are more than they are. Our parents can think that us children we are more than because they maybe they put pressure on us or they, they expect so much from us they can think that it's not is that that's not it because God is not like okay I think that this, mm, I see you I know you and I still love you okay on that note Yes, 
Christ has already taken all of that on him and nailed it to the cross and said it's finished. The debt has been paid. That's another waterfall of his own. But yes, <laughs> that's how it is. Like, just come. Just come. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Please don't forget to share, comment. And now we have an email address. If you have any, yeah, I just started that. If you have any questions, if you have, I think Weston, I'm going to do like a question and answer episode. So I'm really looking forward to getting your questions. Whatever good, bad, romance, spiritual, anything. Just send your questions and comments and whatever you have to qualified the qualified picture podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah. On that note, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, JT, so much thank for coming. You. And until next time, bye.